Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 13th, 2019, and this is a 7 a.m. meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on, starting off on page 47. We're going to reread the paragraph that begins with, we needed to ask ourselves. And then we're going to follow the asterisk at the end of that paragraph, which leads us to page 567. And we'll be reading the appendix to spiritual experience. We will read that paragraph on page 47 just for context. And then we will share just on the appendix to spiritual experience. The readers for today are Marie J., Lisa H., and Maura Z. The readers of the Steps and Traditions will be Rocky E. and Chris G. The newcomer greeter is Jody E., and the host for our second hour will be Sima M. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was Monday, August 12th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 13,264, 13264. And for the 10 o'clock Eastern Time Meeting yesterday, 13,266, 13266. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who do shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Now our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Rocky E. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Rocky. Can you hear me, Penny? You are. Can you hear me? Yay, okay. Good morning, all visionaries. Um, Rocky E. from New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, 
and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to service. Have a wonderful day, all. Thank you, Rocky. Appreciate your reading the steps for us. And now, Chris G. is here to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Chris G., the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks, Chris G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you press star 1. That will unmute you. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 47. We're going to reread the second paragraph, which starts with, we needed to ask ourselves. We're going to read that paragraph for context only, and then we're going to follow the asterisk to page 567, which is Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. And I'm going to ask Marie J. to begin the reading for us. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Penny. Thank you. This is Marie J., and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader in Colorado. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And on page 567, spiritual experience, the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book. Upon careful reading shows the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our, that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. So it was not our intention to create, create such an impression. Many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his programs in light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. 
there is a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. That's Herbert Spencer. Wow, this is just <laughs> such a pleasure to be able to speak on this particular talk topic because step two was so incredibly hard for me and and just developing a concept of God was so incredibly hard for me because um, I I began my journey angry with the you know the God of my past and the God of my father and this very um, religious upbringing that I had you know God was punishing and critical and it really the whole religious experience drove me to perfectionism and self-loathing. And I didn't even know it. I didn't get it until I was on the other side of recovery that that's what was going on. But when I came in, I crossed out God in my big book on every single page. That took a lot of anger and a lot of self-sufficiency to go in there and mark every single page when I was um, new in program. But I was angry. And when I got to the second step in program, um, I was told, go ahead, create your own God of your understanding. And it was a relief, but it was also, it just felt so phony to me because the God of my past was just so, so powerful and had such a grip on me. And it was all in my mind. It was all my own creation. But I did my best to create a God of my understanding, and I, I did my best to surrender to that. Um, but the, the God of my past in my mind kept showing up and showing up. And, but the direction at the time was keep practicing, just keep practicing. So I wrote to God. I wrote about God. I wrote definitions of God. You know, I just did everything I could do to get this old God out of my mind. And I asked for help. And I prayed and I meditated, even though I wasn't. I didn't really have faith. I didn't really believe. And over and over, I just kept asking for help from this unknown entity. And I didn't understand it. I couldn't define it. I didn't have any faith. I didn't think it was real. But I just kept practicing. That was, that was the direction. And one day, and it was long after I had already arrived there, I realized that I had undergone a profound alteration in my reaction to life. I love that line. That's my favorite line in this whole spiritual experience. I had undergone this profound reaction or alteration in my reaction to life. I had begun to think of others before myself, and I had become less self-sufficient, and I had become less self-centered. And it didn't come fast, and it wasn't sudden or profound, but my realization was suddenly I was overwhelmed because I had become a different person. I, my thoughts had changed. My reaction to life had changed. And that was God consciousness for me. I was in acceptance and surrender. And I didn't understand anything more about God than I did in the beginning when I was crossing out God in my big book. But I had a relationship somehow through practice, through doing these steps, you're continuing to push through, and I was happy, and I was free. So, it's, you know, be where you are. That's the only thing I can say. Start where you are and be willing to continue to just practice, practice, practice. And the other thing that helped me profoundly was the 12 and 12. Step two in the 12 and 12 is very powerful in, in helping me to understand that my path to God is my path, and it's my only path, and I don't have to be on anyone else's path, 
And I don't Marie, want to do anything. Okay, great. That's all I've got. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much for all that reading and your share. Now it's time for me to take Charles H. Nancy P. Hold on, I didn't finish my little spiel. <laughs> if you haven't shared in the last day or two, please, um, you know, give us your name. So I have Nancy. Charles H. Who was after Charles? Nancy Laura P. M. Tina Laura S. E. Nancy P. Hold on just a minute. Um, after, I want to know who was after Charles and before Tina. Nancy P. Nancy T. or P.? P is in Peter. Okay. Barbara E. Barbara E. Barbara Who was that after Barbara? Lauren N. Lauren N. And Laura M. And Laura M. That's that's a good lineup for now. And here's the way I wrote them down. So we'll go in the order I wrote them. Charles H., Barbara E., Tina, um, you'll tell me your initial of your last name, please, when we, when you speak, Nancy P., Lauren N., and Laura M. Charles H. Morning, Charles. Thank you. Uh, give me a second. <laughs> Thank you very much, Penny, for your service. Charles H., uh, yeah, I, I learned through the years, this, is a, this part of the book is a traffic jam, so you've got to get in where you fit in. Um, so the spiritual experience tells me that, um, that, uh, I need to set aside what I think I know because, um, was my old ways of thinking, did that work? My sensitivity to everything, my empathic, well, I forgot that word, but, uh, was all that working for me? Am I desperate enough to set aside, um, what I think I know for a new experience? For example, um, I, I before I was totally abstinent, I listened to Ruth M. And, 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 I, and I used to tell sponsors, you know, I listened to her before. Are you willing to set that, my sponsor said, are you willing to set aside what you think you know about entire abstinence for a new experience? And I said, no. <laughs> I told the truth. And I kept on, you know, doing what I did. But when I got, when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, right, I set aside, you know, what I thought I know about everything. Pastor Blair, you don't have to be Pastor Blair to, to get this spiritual experience. And I know on the line we have, you know, um, in this part of the book, you know, in step two, you have uh, people putting pros for religion and people putting pros for spirituality. Well, without the relig- simple religious idea that Ebby told Bill on page uh, nine and page 12, why don't you choose your own conception? Because um, your own conception is your own business. And, and, and the text tells us that um, if we continue to have contempt prior to investigation, how's your way working for you, Charles, the old way? How's it working for you? How's your oversensitivity working for you, right? And, and, and the alteration and the change, you know, other people see it in you. You know, I ain't going to go around saying, hey, guess what? I had a spiritual awakening. You know what? Other people tell you that. And, and, and your actions and your behaviors tell you that. I'm, I wake up in the morning looking for for stuff that I, that I didn't um, uncover the day before because I'm dishonest every single day. And I'm seeking a higher power of my own understanding. Thank you, Jim B. 
every single day because I need alteration every day. I ain't dressed perfectly. I ain't thinking perfectly, right? And, and um, yeah, I'm ready to set aside everything for a new experience, right? And it's an educational variety. I don't care if you pass the Blair, Mother Teresa. It's an educational variety. When we hear on this line, the light gets dimmer, brighter and brighter each and every day if there's a condition, if I'm willing to set aside everything I think I know about yesterday and today. So, you know, my God of my understanding is my God of my understanding, and your God of your understanding is your God of your understanding. And with that, I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Charles H. Uh, Barbara E., your turn. Thank you so much. And again, Penny, thank you for that serenade before we began. Well, I am so grateful for the addition of Appendix 2 in the AA Big Book. I had no sudden revolutionary change or spectacular upheaval. This chapter made it clear that what I was experiencing, many others had experienced too, the slow educational change that developed slowly over time. All I had to do was be willing, open-minded, and committed to working all the steps. And if I did, my unformed, ever-changing God would guide me to be happily abstinent, more alive, more giving, not with the expectation of reward or to make you think better of me, but because I genuinely wanted to, to become emotionally more mature and authentic, to be teachable and to, my, uh, to honor my past but rejoice in the present. I couldn't think my way into right acting, but I could act my way into right thinking. This program is not a once in a while thing. For me, it's an everyday commitment. Abstinence is for the fat downstairs, but the 12 steps are for the fat in my head. I have a cunning, patient, powerful disease that can and has thrown every trick in the book at me. Yes, I need to go to meetings, welcome newcomers, call my sponsor, give service, and work the program every day. Not once in a while, but every day. The brief moments of comfort I got from eating made my life miserable. It's not the food that was my problem, but the decision to eat it. The struggles of my past are not to be regretted. Always shows me the way to be comfortable with myself. Experience is what happens to me. What matters most is what I do with that experience. I must remember I can't walk through a brick wall. I don't even resent the fact and I don't even try. When I accepted step one, became abstinent, became free of the desire to rush to the food, and I don't even resent it, but celebrate this freedom. And I committed myself to step two and three, our foundation stone, sorry, our cornerstone. It's given me the freedom and acceptance that I needed, that power source of my own creation to guide me. And I found one to trust in. I did not have to walk alone. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And now, Tina, it's your turn. What page are we on, please? 
Pardon me? What page, please? We're, we're, we're commenting on Appendix 2, the spiritual experience, spiritual experience on page 567. Tina, are you ready to share? Yes. Thanks so much, Penny. Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Grateful to be on the line. So grateful for the shares this morning. You know, one of the things that I really have to realize is I don't need a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience, or a solution if I don't realize that I have a problem. And I love that that was talked about, you know. And, and I realize that lack of power is my dilemma. So therefore, the solution is a spiritual experience or awakening. And, um, you know, in the spiritual experience, it's so profound. It really, really is. You know, it talks about the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism, compulsive eating, you know, and it, it manifests itself among us in many different forms, you know, and, and I'm one of the slowly over time, the spiritual awakening, you know, and I'm real grateful for, for this part of the book where it tells me that I don't have to have that spiritual experience, that bright light experience because that was not mine i did not have that you know but i love the original share where it talks about that profound alteration in my reactions of life that's what i had and i also heard charles say and this is my experience also that other people recognize it before i do just like i do in them you know i'm sponsoring a couple people now that were going through the book and you know even by this page i just spoke with someone saturday night even by this this page i hear in their voice a different a different reaction to their life and and look how far we are just in coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity the hope that there is a solution you know of course there's work to be done but there's hope in all of this and it and then the next paragraph where it says most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience you know that's my experience it's spiritual experience you know and i was raised catholic that's not you know, my definition of God today, but, you know, I'm grateful that I had some contact to know what I want and what I don't want in my life, the definition that I want, the concept for me that works and does not work, you know, and, and, and again, and I'll close with this, it says, most emphatically wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. And that was also my experience. When I first came in, I had my mind so closed, I couldn't grasp anything. And today, there's a difference. I had the willingness, the open-mindedness, and the honesty to do something different. And with that, I'll pass. Penny C, star one, unmute, please. Oh, I'm Hello. sorry. Nancy P., your turn. Thanks, Leah. Hi, Nancy P. from Newton, Mass. Thanks for letting me share. So this book is so gentle. I mean, I was beating myself with, you know, I'm beating myself, I was going to say with a hammer, but that's like what it says, you know, beating myself with a hammer on the head to get rid of the pain. But, um, you know, I was just beating myself up, beating myself up, beating myself up <clears throat> with food and um, never really getting anywhere. You know, it wasn't working for me, as others have said today. And so it's, you know, like it says, 
this is exactly what this book is about is to get a power in our lives that are going to, that's going to solve our problem for me, for us, you know, for me. And luckily there's no rules about how, what, who, you know, whatever is going to be my higher power. So I too decided finally when I surrendered um, to throw away everything that I knew just to clean the slate and think about what I wanted my, excuse me, my higher power to do and to be. And once I got to that point, then I could begin. And, you know, I had gone through this process before and from 2002 to 2005, it took three years to go through it. And my whole attitude, I had a lovely sponsor and my whole attitude was, yeah, 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 I know that. Can we get to the recovered part, please? And, you know, I, I didn't have, it wasn't, I had no contempt prior to investigation. I only had contempt with no investigation um, because I thought I already knew everything. It was like a vicious circle. I, I wasn't going anywhere, but I thought I knew everything. And, um, but once, you know, but once I was forced to stop in my tracks and surrender, then I was able to slow down and, um, you know, let my higher power who was always in my, you know, who was always there without, you know, sort of in the background, just letting me do my thing. Then I, then my higher power could do its work and, um, and change me. And, um, the, the last thing that I'll say is I was just talking about this with a sponsee last night. For my my own personal opinion, for my experience, for my for my tenure in 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 the twelve step um, process is for me spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are not interchangeable. For me, I had to awaken spiritually, and um, and once I did that, then I could gain spiritual experience, like having a job. You know, I have a job that a kid out of college couldn't do. They have to have a certain amount of experience, and so I had to awaken. You know, I had to like just like it says are we, do we now, or are we willing to believe? Well, I was finally willing to just believe and that proved to be the gateway for me to pick my own higher power and then put that cornerstone in place, just the willingness. And then over the past almost two years, um, you know, it's changed and uh, sickened and deepened. And, um, and the, you know, the further away I get from the beginning, the further away I get from the end, because the journey itself is the destination for me. And I'm, just ever so grateful um, that today I um, I do have an awareness of a power greater than myself, um, and it says right here in black and white. That's the essence of my um, spirit. I forget about experience or awakening. That's the essence of my spirituality. Is that I have an awareness of a power greater than myself. Full stop there, and um, and so now I have no contempt, and I and I um, I investigate every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And now, Lauren N. Hi, Penny. It's Lauren N. Did you call me? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I am so grateful to be on this call this morning and this uh, spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, um, asterisk, which I never read in the past. I mean, I you know have since I've been on Vision, but prior to that, never. Who would have thunk um, this atheist, this agnostic woman um, from, you know, suburbia, New York, would um, um, turn to a higher power and actually believe that something was listening? I, 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 
you know, for so many years, for so many years, was so angry and never thought that there was anything out there that would help me or could help me with my food problem. Forget about the rest of the problems in, in my life. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, my life has changed, and I now know that there's something there. I don't know what it is. I can't describe it. I can't define it. I just know it's there. And it helps me every single day stay in gratitude and be grateful for everything I have around me and for all my all the changes and how incredible that is to know that I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone. Yes, I've got the, you know, 50. The 5,000 people who are on the Vision for You uh, website. I've got the 400 people that are on the line today. But I also know that I'm not alone in the world, and that is so incredible to me. I was called for jury duty, and I am doing service. I am on my way to downtown Manhattan right now, and I am so grateful that I am not the parent of someone sitting in worrying about my child. I'm just giving service, and that is so wonderful that I can have that attitude instead of being resentful, which is where I used to be. And it's only, only, only from the grace of this program and all you have taught me that I know that today. And thank you. With, with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. And Laura M., time to hear from you. Good morning. This is Laura M. in Missouri. Thank you all for your service and making this call possible today. Um, I just, I absolutely love this appendix that was added. And to me, it's a reminder that we all can and we all need to have our very own personal path along step two that uh, you know that that is a very personalized process and to me this this lesson I'm really grateful for this lesson that that says it's okay to have my own path and my path has very much been an educational variety as was said earlier to even start along that path I had to learn to set aside um the conceptions that came out of my childhood and be open to anything different, anything at all. And that's been my experience that over time, my God consciousness has grown slowly. And along the path, every now and then, I've had these wild, amazing glimpses, these, you know, shots of epiphany that have given me leaps forward but for the most part, it's been this slow and gradual um, experience. And the, the other thing that I wanted to share is, you know, I hear a lot of times I hear people, you know, we talk about this build your own conception of God. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a grading thought. And the way I've come to understand it for me is I'm not necessarily – creating a concept of God, I'm growing in an understanding. So on one hand, I might say, 
the way I, you know, my God has, has changed and the God I understand today is a very different God than I understood years ago. But today I say, my God hasn't changed. My understanding of God has changed. And this process has opened that for me and all of you and the fellowship and the tools and the steps and my sponsor and my journaling and everything along the way has helped my understanding grow so that I can be in deeper relationship with the spirit that I call my higher power. And that spirit helps me in my path of recovery. Um, so I just, I love I love this section. I love that we all can come together, but yet be individuals. Have a wonderful day, Aunt Pat. Thank you, Lauren M. And now we're going to, let me just remind everyone that we're on page 567. We're commenting on Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. And I'm ready to take more names for people who would like to share. Christina L. Marcel. Loretta H. Who's right after Christina Mike L? Mike W. Mike W. Pamela L. All right, hold on just a minute. I have someone whose last initial is H. Who is that? Loretta. Who, please? Loretta, L-O-R-E-T-T-A. H, okay. And last initial, W? No, H. Whose last initial was W? There's Beth W. Beth W. Mike W. And and someone whose last initial was O. No, my, mine is Mike W. Mike W. Margo. Last initial O. Do was this someone? I'm getting kind of a a squeak in the phone. I don't know if it's mine or yours. All right, here's who I have. Christina L., Loretta H., Mike W., Margot, and then, again, whose initial, last initial was O? Irene B. Pamela E. You might have heard Pamela E. Okay. There was also Beth W. Okay, here's our lineup, everyone. We're going to have Christina L., Loretta H., Mike W., Beth W., Margot, and Pamela. So we're going to get started again with Christina L. Good morning. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. And um, I haven't shared on this the 7 o'clock hour in a long time because for whatever reason it just really intimidates me. But today I am just like feeling really, really pushed to just do it. And I'm a little nervous, but, um, but this this chapter has just given me so much hope. <laughs> it's just really amazing. And um, I never liked... Um, I never liked, uh, or I never, I always believed in God. When I came into the program, I believed in God. I was like, uh, but what was holding me back was that um, I kept holding on to the God of my understanding from my past, and I didn't even realize that. 
and I used to um, uh, visualize God as this old man with uh, a silk, uh, this old man with a long beard. Someone described last week as Dumbledore, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. But last year I started visualizing my higher power um, in a totally different way as this flowy, silky, light, fabric and um, someone had uh, uh, shared that it sounds like your God has become more flexible. Um, my God was always more um, rigid and controlling and uh, critical and stuff and judgmental and everything. But um, what uh, really struck me is, you know, this contempt prior to investigation and, you know, there's, I, I feel like I'm at that place or I was at that place and I'm like taking the road um, where my higher power wants me to go, although it feels really scary and afraid, but at the same time, there's a part of me that wants to research and read the entire catechism of the Catholic Church <laughs> to make sure that the God that I am choosing to follow is, you know, in line and stuff. And I'm like, no, don't do that because that's what's been holding me back. And um, the and I feel like that's been giving me this whole one, two, three waltz as I've heard Kim G share and stuff between that and some behaviors with food. And then the other thing was that um, I realized is that I'm wanting – and expecting, I had a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience about six months after I came into this program, but it was a religious experience. It really wasn't, you know, with the program, but it really helped my program. And I got in touch with this higher power and this God, um, even though I haven't, you know, I've been, you know, trying to like push that God away and try to mold him into what I thought he should be. Um, I realize that I'm expecting and wanting a spiritual experience that is as big as that one was and as obvious as that one was. And I, I, my, my experience in program is like uh, a lot of other people, like it says in here that it's been more of a, a garden variety, a gradual process. And it's like every, every, sometimes every day, but, you know, sometimes there's a few days where there's not, where I'm just realizing, especially lately, especially the last couple of weeks. That's um, time, Christina. Thank you. That, um, and I guess that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. And now Loretta H. Hi, can you hear me? I sure can. Hi, everyone. Thank you, thank you for your service and everybody for their shares. This is Loretta H., and this is the first time I've ever shared, so I'm very nervous. My hands, I'm on my walk, and I'm kind of shaking. But I, I have, my name is Loretta H. I'm a compulsive overeater, anorexic, graced with God's abstinence for today. That's how I qualify myself uh, with the healing I've gotten. But um, in New York, when I was in New York, they had an acronym for surrender, and it was seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. And the reason was my contempt and my ego. And um, 
today with God's grace, I do have something that guides me. I initially had a guide who um, took me through the 12 steps. Uh, She was also, ironically, because of the anorexia, she was also a dietitian, so she cleaned up my food immediately, so I didn't realize that then, but she actually gave me a spiritual experience. Now, I didn't get the awakening as other people have shared until I was able to go through the steps and clean up that blockage from my conception of a higher power. So I just feel so grateful for this program and the safety net that now I got from that um, flimsy read that everybody talks about because initially that's all I had because of the contempt and my ego. And with God's grace today, I am abstinent. And I call my abstinence spiritual because it's about my steps working this program every morning like my hair is on fire and getting up and doing it over and over again. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for my sponsor. And I'm so grateful for my sponsors because every day they teach me more than I'll ever know. So thank you. Bye. Penny, please press star one to unmute. W. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? I sure. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. My name is Mike W. I'm a recovering recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I think with it was really I hadn't read this passage in a long time, and I've been in program a while now, but. You know, it really kind of gets into details of what the solution aspect of the program is. I think for me, step one, you know, states what the problem is. Step one is that, you know, I'm powerless over food. There's certain types of food that I can, as as an addict, I, I can't control, or certain types of food behaviors I can't control. With, with and um, But in order to stop doing that, which makes this different than a diet for me, I had to get in touch with something greater than me to do it. I couldn't out of my own volition, just change what I was eating and stay with it for a period of time or change the behavior. And the spiritual experience is just allowing something to come in. That's greater than myself or believing that. And that's the beginning of it. That for me is the beginning of it. Just sort of saying that I'm not able to do this on my own. Help me without even thinking that much of what God is or isn't. I think for me, that kind of, evolves and comes later and that's part of the education in this and i really liked a lot of the educational variety because i think spirituality and growth and all that is something that grows and just to sort of get into something tangible i think for me you know this is something that just happened recently i'm on a vacation and i went to canada um i'm also in a i'm in other 12-step programs and on the border they do this sometimes i was stopped you know, and they had to give this long search, and I was waited online, and they actually was it got to a point because I was nervous that they were searching my car. And at first, I felt kind of frustrated, very frustrated by it. But then after a while, I'm like, well, I'm grateful I'm not using anymore. I haven't done that in decades. That it was just such a freeing experience. And to bring it back to this program, I'm grateful I didn't overeat, and I'm grateful the next day I didn't overeat. I just went about my business, had abstinent meals on my holiday, the same I would ordinarily, 
my head was clear and my mind is clear and now the experience is over. And that's one of the differences. I don't have to eat behind things that frustrate me anymore. I don't have to eat behind things that make me feel good. I don't have to eat other than the fact that I'm hungry and I need a certain amount of food for fuel for my body. And the rest of my life just becomes the rest of my life. And that's a real spiritual education that I could only get here to sort of detach meaning from food that way and not make food mean more than what it is. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Mike. And Mike W. And now Beth W. Hi, thank you for calling on me. My name is Beth W. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. And I love this appendix, and I'm super grateful that it is in the book um, and that um, we read the asterisks because they're important. Um, Footnotes are important. Asterisks are important um, because it takes us places um, that the writer wants us to go and and sets it apart. And what I, I wanted that spiritual awakening. I wanted that moment. I wanted that bright light, fall out of bed, fall to my knees, you know, struck by lightning moment. And I kept asking my very first sponsor, when is that going to happen to me? When is that going to happen? And she would laugh and, and it, it, that didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And then I get to this, um, this, uh, appendix, which was not pointed out to me the first go round. And, um, and then she pointed it out to me. Um, she happened to be an English teacher and said, you don't skip these parts. And um, and then I, the more, you know, the longer I've been around, the more I've read and the more I, I, I listen. And that's the key part for me is the listening and then understanding the prior, you know, the prior, the contempt prior to investigation. That was me. I was like, well, that's never going to happen for me. That's just for other people. You know, this God of my understanding, that's for other people. But, and then what I wanted is I wanted everybody else around me to have the God of my understanding. I wanted them to be like me. I wanted them to have an experience too so that I didn't have to, so that I didn't have to adjust or change or become a, a different person. I wanted, I wanted them to follow my script. I still struggled with all of that. And if they would change and fit my story, then my story would be simpler. And for me, the spiritual experience has become to realize that this is my journey. And my journey doesn't expect me to write a script for the people around me and make them fit into it. Um, My journey and my spiritual experience is for me to learn who the person or the woman that God has created me to be and to learn how to live into that. And uh, that, for me, is the experience, and that experience will continue to the last breath, and I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Pat W. And Margot, it's your turn, and would you tell me the initial of your last name? Margot? Margot E? P. P. Your turn. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, everybody, for sharing the experience and strength and hope and the solution. I am so grateful because I was blinded by not understanding what the spiritual spiritual was all about. I was blinded. I thought I did. Oh, I thought I did, but I didn't. Even though I wasn't going to religion church, I all kinds of 
self-help and try to find solutions for my 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 understanding. Why don't I have and why don't I have an understanding of God? And I was blaming Him and I hated Him. I was more likely to I was God. You know, and finally, when I found the conception, what is the spiritual connection going through the OA? When I hit rock bottom, when I had to be connected with a power greater than myself, is finding the, uh, a full sponsor, being the OA program, being abstinent, and doing what I need to do, what my sponsor kept saying to me, is I have to do the steps or I will relapse. And I've done that many times, you know. And with that, I had to have a change of attitude and to have a concept of spiritual connection with my higher power today. And so with that, I am so grateful because, you know, being with people and doing the the inventory, it's like I got to have this power in my life 24 hours every minute because I have the faithful reality out there in the world, even in work and family. And with myself, I sure don't want to relapse again. I just want to continue doing what I need to do to stay in recovering, having the conscious contact with me, with my higher power, and doing the full work what I need to do. So with that, I thank you. Thank you, Margot P. And Pamela, you'll be our last share for the day. And, and you'll also please tell me the initial of your last name, Pamela. So thank you. Pamela E. out in California. So thank you, everyone, for being on the line. I just came back from a, a family trip for my mother's uh, birthday in Michigan, and my I, have, I go to a therapist, and my therapist didn't think it was a good time for me to go, but I chose to jump into the lion's den. And I went back there, and I haven't stayed in my home, my mother's home, for probably like 10 years. And I decided, without asking God, to do it, um, to just be of service. And I started spinning, and it's like a, over, a compulsive overeater's lion's den with every type of crack there. And me trying to be the cleanup woman, literally cleanup woman, trying to clean up the home and do all those other things. I started partaking, and I've had a difficult time uh, for the last few months. And the reason that I had a difficult time is because I have not been, <laughs> I have not been practicing the program exactly as laid out in the big book. And I am so glad that you all are here on the line this morning because I, God woke me up. Is odd or is it God? It was God. God woke me up at like three fifty, and I'm like, oh, I just got, I just flew back. I'm gonna go back to sleep, and it's like, oh, they're on the line. Took a little nap, 404, I'm phoning in and you all are there. And the message that I got when I was on the plane yesterday and that I had like four years of clean, beautiful abstinence, maintaining a huge amount of weight. And when I practiced the program, God has touched me. God has changed me. This program, you all have done it. But when I check in with my higher power, the change is there. When I do my 10 steps, the change is there. When I'm willing to practice the program and reach out to my fellows, the change is there. When I power through it on my own without checking in, I fall into the lion's den and into 
my forms of crack. And I am so glad that I am abstinent today. And I am so glad that I paused and listened to God. I'm so glad that I got on this phone. And I am, I am just surrendering. I'm going to listen to that Ruth M thing one more time. It's been five times. I am ready again. And knowing that at any moment, when I practice a program, that the change is there because it's like scientific. It's laid out step by step. And when I'm willing and when I do it, it works when I work it. And I'm surrendering today, and I will ask God for everything, every step I need to make, every food I need to partake. I'm going to ask God what I need to do to to move. It's like, hey, where? what's my next step? I'm off today. What do I do, God? I am ready. And I know that that spiritual change, you know, I've never gone fully back to how I was before. And now it's time to escalate. So thanks for being there and, let me, and letting me share with you all this morning. Thank you, Pamela E. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela E. And um, so Pamela was our last share for the day. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared. This is a very enlightening meeting for me. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for this meeting Tuesday, August 13th, 7 a.m., is 13,268-13268. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa H. please read, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Penny. Good morning, my fellows. Lisa H. recovered in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.